Here's a simple test to see how you're doing with pride and humility in your leadership. How well do you take feedback about your leadership? Do you even look for it? Prideful leaders don't want feedback and get defensive if it is offered. Humble leaders know that feedback is a part of healthy, mature leadership. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. If you desire to learn to be a better leader, this podcast is for you. I promise to give you practical leadership tips you can use right away. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to this episode, episode 73, brought to you by the letter P. The last letter in the word leadership is P, and P stands for the power of pride. It's such a big problem. It's such a big issue. I decided to devote these last two podcasts in the series to split up the letter P into two podcasts. So this is part two. If you haven't listened to episode 72, part one, you might want to listen to it first because these two kind of do go back to back. I mean, they can stand alone, but if you haven't listened to 72, go back and listen to that as well. So this is episode 73, brought to you by the letter of P. What we're going to cover in this podcast today is the question that I want to entertain. Why should anybody follow you or listen to you? And then I want to entertain the question, what's more important in leadership, to make a mark or to leave a legacy. Most leaders want to make a mark and leave a legacy. And we're going to unpack those two ideas. Then uh, the show notes, as always, are at hansfinzel.com, my website. So check it out, as well as all the other resources I have there for mentoring, keynote speaking, uh, consulting, and books. Okay, let's begin. Why should they follow you? Of all the reasons why people should follow you, what means the most to you? They follow me because I'm the boss. They follow me because they have to. They follow me because I pay them well. They follow me because they like where I'm taking them. And finally, they follow me because they respect me and trust me. You know, for my money, I'd say the biggest, best reason why you should have people follow you is they follow you because they respect you and they trust you. And I know that's the way you feel about the people above you in leadership, at your company, at your ministry, maybe your board of directors, whoever it is. Don't you love to follow people because you respect them and you trust them with your life? That is so cool. I told you about the story of Richard in the last podcast, episode 72, and it turns out that Richard was Hans. In those early years of my leadership, my team followed me because they had to. I was stuck at the top of the list, and I don't wish that for anyone. They followed me because I was appointed the leader. I was the boss, and really they had no option, but they had to. I was their appointed leader, and the first chance they got, they voted me off the island. In hindsight, it really is the best thing that ever happened to me as a young leader. It caused me to look inside myself and learn the early valuable lessons of the heart and of passion. It's all about our hearts, 
not our heads. As I said in the last episode, it's not about how smart I am, about how gifted I am, about how much education I have. It's really about the heart more than anything else. The heart must come before the head. The best kind of leaders are those like my friend Dave that I told you about uh, earlier in a podcast who was given a new car by his team after 20 years of leadership because they love and respect him so much. They know Dave has a shepherd's heart for them. It comes through with a genuine love he shows for his team. They have never seen my friend Dave as a hired hand, but as a servant leader. And I shared with you all a few podcasts back about uh, a letter he sent to all the people. Uh, His whole leadership team globally put together money. They gave him over $11,000, and he calls it the car that love bought. What a great sign of servant leadership. People follow Dave because they respect him and they trust him. The longer I live, the more I find that matters of the heart reign supreme in the lives of all leaders. These are the soft issues of leadership, as we mentioned at length uh, when we talked about uh, emotional intelligence. If you recall, I've done a number of podcasts on emotional intelligence, and that really is the soft side of leadership, having healthy emotional intelligence. Guard your heart carefully, and your gifts will take care of themselves. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Here's a simple test to see how you're doing with pride and humility in your leadership. How well do you take feedback about your leadership? Do you even look for it? Prideful leaders don't want feedback, and they get defensive when it's offered. Humble leaders know that feedback is part of a healthy, mature leadership structure. We have to learn to improve our game. When my team told me what was wrong with me in those early days, I was devastated. And I immediately got defensive and I got angry with them. I tried to explain it all away and justify myself. Does that sound familiar? But then one of my mentors gave me some great advice as I was licking my wounds and trying to recover from this devastation of being voted out of leadership. He said, look for the 5% of truth in what they're saying about you. What great advice. I did. And I actually found that there was more than 50% of what they said was true about me. In my subsequent years of leadership, I've always asked for feedback and responded first with these two words, thank you. Starting with those two power words puts you in the right frame of mind to learn and avoid defensiveness. So if you are criticized personally, one-on-one, it might be good to start with those two powerful words, thank you. It just puts you in the right frame of reference to uh, avoid lashing out in anger, uh, to avoid lashing out in defensiveness. You might think it's strange that I would use Moses and Stephen Jobs in the same topic about pride and leadership, but it's true. Steve Jobs was fired just like Moses was. From the company he started, think about it. And you'll realize that Moses appointed himself to lead the children of Israel before he was ready, 
and they rejected him when he was 40 years old, as I mentioned in the last podcast. Steve Jobs founded Apple Computer, and he rose into leadership. Things went south for him, and he was eventually fired from the company he founded. And I thought, I had problems on my little team years ago. On June 12, 2005, Steve Jobs gave the commencement address at Stanford University. His topic was, you've got to find what you love. I highly recommend you find that little speech on YouTube. Just search for Steve Jobs' commencement address and you'll find it. Listen to it. It's one of the shortest commencement addresses I've ever heard. He says in that address that his firing was the best thing that ever happened to him as a leader. It humbled him. It gave him a chance as a young leader to mature, to reflect on himself and how he was coming across. He had a gut check and a heart check. Now, Steve Jobs was notoriously tough to work with. He had an extraordinary dose of talent and gifting. If you read his life story, you'll learn that he was a very demanding leader. As tough as he was on people, he garnered extreme loyalty. On a recent trip to China, I saw the biggest Apple stores anywhere in the world. Everyone seemed to have an iPhone and an iPad, and now the new Apple Watch is just flooding China. I was visiting with a friend of mine in Beijing. He told me that his young son wants to learn English, like all Chinese, and he just learned his first English word. And you know what that word is? Apple. (laughs) I just love that. All that impact goes back to Steve's passion as a young leader. He was not just about pushing himself. He had a passion to change the world. Steve Jobs made a huge mark and left a great legacy. He developed a fanatic tribe of loyal followers because he was doing work he loved, not just trying to make money. He led with his heart out front. In fact, if you read his life story, it was never about money. He did not care about money. I really believe that Steve Jobs served us all with a humble heart. Here's a small excerpt from that commencement speech at Stanford. Quote, Your work is going to fill a large part of your life, and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do the work you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. End of quote. That's taken from Walter Isaacson's book, Steve Jobs by Simon & Schuster. I think if you love what you do and you really care about the people that you work with, you'll be fine as a leader. People get in trouble when they lead with their own egos or, or for what's in it for them. My mentor in graduate school, Howard Hendricks, had a great piece of advice for young leaders. He said, your career is what you're paid to do. Your calling is what you're made to do. When you find that sweet spot of doing what you are made to do, then your heart can lead out front fully alive. You know, followers are smart. They're not dumb like sheep. They know the motives of those who lead them. When I was a young leader, I have to admit, I really made things all about me. It was my quest to be successful and to make a name for myself, honestly. I guess I had a lot of pride and self-centeredness that had to be dealt with. I had to learn the conversion from me to we. 
I had to learn that my heart had to be out front, vulnerable, accessible, really caring about the people that I shepherded, not being a hired hand. It reminds me of what the Apostle Peter shared with his budding new leaders in the book that he wrote, First Peter. First Peter 5, 2, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. What great advice. Hey, could you do me a favor? Could you send me a favorite leadership quote that you have? I've been collecting leadership quotes for years, and and I've got a project I'm working on where I need more great quotes. So if you want to have me feature a quote on a future show, just go to hansdenzel.com backslash quotes, and let me hear some of your great quotes. If you haven't subscribed to my email, go to my website and you can just subscribe there. I've got a freebie for you. I'd love to have you on my list. I don't bombard you. I basically normally send out an email every other week just to remind you of what the next show is about. You can click right on the email and get to it. And then I usually share other little resources that I might have. But if you haven't subscribed to my email, I'd love for you to do. Just go to hanspinzel.com and you'll see it there on the home page. Also, if you love the show, would you share it with others? Would you tweet about it? If you're a Twitter Twitterer, if you tweet, just go to hanspinzel.com backslash love it. And I've got a tweet right there prepared for you. Make a mark, leave a legacy. I think that ultimately as leaders, we want to make a mark and we want to leave a legacy. Some of us will leave a bigger mark than others, but we will all leave a legacy. When we were young, I think it was mostly about making a mark. But as we get older, I think it's more about leaving a legacy. You know, the two ideas are actually connected at the hip. We create our legacy as we leave our mark. What is more important, making a mark or leaving a legacy? I think they're equally important. In my leadership, I want to make a mark. That means I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. I want there to be powerful, great results because of what I did. But I also want to leave a legacy. They really are intertwined. Our legacy will be remembered by those we led as positive or negative. On the positive side, they will think of us as having a good heart and taking them to great places that they could not have taken themselves. They remember that we cared about the people, not just the task. On the negative side of the ledger, some leaders leave and the followers throw a party. Yay, she's finally gone. She only looked out for her own career and her heart was never really with us. She used the position as nothing more than a stepping stone. In my career, I've had three major farewell milestones. I had three major positions of leadership over a span of 30 years, and in each case, they threw a farewell event for Donna and me at our departure, at my departure. I remember each occasion vividly. I really do wonder what everyone was thinking at those gatherings. Actually, 
I'm glad I don't know what they were really saying in hush whispers around the table as they were eating their rubber chicken. Some were grateful for my legacy, and if I'm honest with myself, I know that some were glad I was moving on. What will be said about you at your farewell event? Hopefully, when you leave your current leadership assignment, it will be on good terms. Trust me, that day will come. None of us are indispensable. Sooner or later, we move on. Leaders leave a legacy whether they plan to or not. Truth is, we rarely think about our legacy while we're in the daily grind of leadership. But when we do finish up, what will we have left behind in our wake? In the end, I really want to be remembered by the kind of person I was and the difference I made. How about you? Do you want to be remembered by what you got accomplished or by the kind of person you were? One of the greatest brief leadership tributes in the Bible is stated about King David. He was a mighty man in gifts, talent, looks, personality, personal strengths, and accomplishment. He was a mighty warrior. But look what comes through about his legacy. The thing that David knew and that Moses learned is that God uses humble leaders who rely first on God and lead with a humble heart. King David was remembered as one of the greatest leaders of God in all the Bible. Psalm 78, 72. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. He led them. I love that verse because it expresses the soft skills and the hard skills of effective leadership. People should first and foremost remember that our hearts are what it's all about. If people say of me at my funeral, he had a good heart and he loved his family, then I can go to my reward a happy man. As I've grown older, I've come to care much more about my character legacy than what I accomplished No one ever says at the end of their lives, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. No, generally they wish they'd spent more time with their loved ones and doing good things for other people. Coming back full circle to the letter L in leadership. Jim Collins is one of my favorite writers on leadership. I devour everything he writes. In his book, How the Mighty Fall, He shows that arrogance and the lack of humility are some of the great causes of corporate failures. In his classic book, Good to Great, Collins recognized the power of servant leadership. He calls it level five leadership. After analyzing hundreds of companies, he observed that the leaders of the most successful, longstanding, and truly great companies are level five leaders who lead through their teams. Level five leaders are humble because they clearly know their own limitations. Instead of promoting their own visions, they get their leaders together and pepper them with probing questions to draw new strategies out of them. You know, I started this series of podcasts, Learn to Lead, 10 Essential Skills Every New Leader Must Master, with the letter L in leadership. And that letter L, do you remember what it stands for? It stands for listen and learn, the two most important words in the leader's vocabulary. 
The first and most important mistake that a new leader makes is to avoid listening and learning. It's pride. Do you see how pride gets in the way of both of these skills as a new leader? If you're filled with pride and arrogance, you will not listen and you will not learn because you think you know it all and and it's all wrapped up in that. If you think you have all the answers, you won't listen. If you've not dealt with your pride, you certainly won't be learning new things. It is from a place of humility that you can be a truly great leader. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this series of podcasts, Learn to Lead, 10 Essential Skills Every New Leader Must Master. I'm going to devote the next podcast, the next episode, to a summary of all 10 of those lessons and just draw one application from each of the 10 letters in the word leadership, L-E-A-D-E-R-S-H-I-P. Hope you'll join me for the next episode, and thank you so much for listening today. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.